You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast. This is Roger coming to you on September 8th. If you listened last week, you heard that Vince is actually on holidays this week. Went to go see his girlfriend out of town. He's been having fun, so that is great. And I put a call out for a guest co-host. The bar was set kind of low, so I wasn't too worried that I'd find someone. But Marty, from All Comics Considered, said that he'd tag along for the ride. So Marty, thank you very much for doing this. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I love having low bars. I'm pretty good at like walking over yeah, low bars. Yeah, so yeah. Even me, I, I can me. hobble over those suckers. <laughs> Vince <laughs> makes it easy for me. <laughs> now, I mentioned this on Twitter today and I want to point it out here because I also want people to hear this and listen to your last episode. Uh, that was 18. You had a couple of guest co-hosts with you and it was fantastic. Thank you. Not because you sat around talking about individual comic books like we're actually going to be doing today, but mm-hmm. because you you tackled also a serious subject that has to be addressed more and more, and that is having diversity in comics. And it came about from both of your, your co-hosts. And it, as someone who has a disability, I'm listening to this, and I shit you not, and this this is as good a compliment as I can give you. I'm listening to Meg talking at one point, and I'm like fanning my face saying, I'm not going to cry listening to a podcast. I'm not going to cry listening to a comics <laughs> podcast. Because the thing is, is that people don't realize how important diversity and representation is in all media until mm-hmm. they suffer from something from which their something is not properly represented. And it's important because when you get that in a comic story, whatever, you get that feeling of, it's not just me. I'm not just alone in this. And again, until you experience that, you're not going to understand how important it is. And sadly, not enough of the editors apparently at the big two have experienced something like this. So... It was a fantastic conversation that you had with these two. And again, not just about the disabled, but also you talked on minorities and whatnot. The, the stuff on Psylocke made me laugh because, my God, we've been talking about that Vince and I forever. It's such a useless character. But, I mean, it was just a fantastic episode beginning to end. I urge everybody to listen to it. Yeah, episode 18 was a pretty good one with uh, Tim, our new we gave him the title of associate producer because we don't know what an associate producer does. <laughs> Sounds cool. So, but uh, we've been talking about it for a while, and I just I have the belief that everybody deserves a superhero to look up to, yep. and it just seems like most of the superheroes look like me, and I don't work like the work I do. I don't work with kids that look like me. I work with kids who are coming from the rough part of Chicago, and there's nobody for them. Yeah. And that's where I come at it from. But I think Megan's talk about Oracle. Oh, that was, yeah. Wasn't it? It was just, just perfectly sets the bar for what we should be doing. Um, and the mistake. I wish I could take credit for Megan, but she's on the Dorcadia podcast, yeah. which is also something people should check out. But they don't let her talk about comics as much. <laughs> their, their people are like, no, don't nerd out about comics. That's why we steal Megan every once in a while. Oh, she was great. And the Oracle stuff is something that we've discussed, Vince and I, on the podcast as well. And I've discussed it with a lot of people. Hell, all of my characters, whether male or female in Diablo 3, are called Babs. <laughs> <laughs> and also in, in, awesome. in Shadowrun Hong Kong, my, my dude that's got like a skull tattoo, he's called Babs. Because she is the strongest character in DC. She is someone that has the strength of character to outshine Bruce. And I know you don't like Batman, but for those of us who do, that's a big statement. I'm not going to say don't like Batman. It's just like, uh, there's a lot of Batman slamming on your podcast. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's mostly the shade that I throw the shade on the Batman's. That's, that's totally on me. But, uh, but yeah. And so when they, like she had so much complexity and so, many things gone wrong. And while I don't have a problem with the current iteration, Mm -hmm. it is very much just a 
bubbly babs back to full fighting force kind of thing. And they took away Oracle. They killed Oracle effectively. And that Mm. disappointed me to no end. It was unbelievable how crushing that was. I can imagine she's like the most iconic of of disabled characters taking a storyline that is also incredibly problematic and complex and she runs with it and makes something super cool out of it and then new 52 and all of a sudden God. she's fixed yeah. i mean i i have that one i have the uh the first gail simone trade with that one of that return of the new 52 but i, I don't yeah well it's not they, my thing they did the same thing with her in injustice as well so oh. because she was oracle for the longest time and instrumental to the fight. I don't know if you've been following Injustice at all, but yeah, instrumental to the fight against Superman's forces. And then, of course, they have to come up with the magic pill that makes everybody strong, and she gets one and then gets to walk again. And it's like, you bastards, you did it again. Right. So, anyways, I don't, just don't think they get it. No, they, yeah, I, but... they don't. They, 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 they don't. And that's why we need more diversity, not just in the content but in the editorial staff and the creative yes. staff in such a big way. I think that I think we could stand to keep the, the, the creative staff the way it is now. Certainly it would be a hell of a lot better if we got more diversity. But I think that the biggest bottleneck right now is that goddamn editorial staff. I also wonder just how many, I mean, because Marvel now has to kowtow to the mouse and then yes. the WB is making all these other calls for their movies and there's just you know, guys that maybe picked up one or two books or women that picked up one or two books, they just don't get why all people, regardless of their physical ability or their, their race or their gender or their ethnicity, they need a superhero and you keep taking them away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> okay, uh. let's move on to some happier discussions. We're actually not going to have one storyline or anything focused on. We're just going to have a grab bag and just go back and forth. This is something that periodically Vince and I will do. And so I've got a bunch of them here. You had a bunch that you wanted to talk about. You're the guest. I'm going to let you go first. The first one I'm going to start with is I'm going to, I'm going to save daredevil for a little bit because <laughs> Mark Wade, Chris Somney, Matt Wilson's run just ended and it's the capstone to Mark Wade's run. I want to open up with Descender, which is Jeff Lemire and Dustin Yuen. Uh, have you fo- have you seen this one at all? I read the first one, but I'm behind from there. I lo- this book. Oh my goodness! I don't. I'm not a big fan of robots. Like there's some edits that we did oh. in one of our episodes where I, I talk. I throw shade on robots too. So it's not just Batman. I also just. I'm not. I'm a. Wor- I'm worried about the robot apocalypse. I'm not a fan of Sky <laughs> of Skynet. But Descender is just this beautifully drawn, gorgeous world where one day everything is, you know, science fiction utopia. The next day, it's all gone to hell because of these robots. Nobody knows where they came from. They just finished their first arc. It's totally worth the uh, getting involved on that level. I I loved every minute of Descender. Um, Okay, so what did they finish? What's the last one that just came out? Six? It uh, it was six, that one that just came out. Okay. And um, they gloss over, and they're going to return to it. Like Lemire was already like, "We're going, we're, don't worry, we're not going to leave this thread hanging." But they, there's like robot gladiatorial pits that sometimes they throw people in, and they threw that yappy little robot into it, which it's not that big of a spoiler. Um, I guess it technically is. We I loved did. the first one, loved it, and that watercolor style is oh, just it's so perfect, gorgeous. Oh, and it's just one of those that I'm I'm looking forward to getting back into it. I just haven't had the time, but it was spectacularly well written. Absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic. I'm pretty new to to Lemire, but somewhere in my in my box of comics that I've yet to unpack from our move, um, I have Trillium. I know his Green Arrow run has been has received any number of accolades, but Descender is my first introduction to Lemire. Um, actually, probably Hawkeye was my first introduction, yeah, say, yeah. which. Uh, Ramon Perez is also doing kind of like a watercolor thing for the flashbacks with yep. Barney, yeah. um, which I thought was also just a, a cool thing. Yeah, it was. I'm just loving Descender. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Now, I have mocked on prior episodes Howard the Duck, and I, I, <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to read one and saying maybe it's me, maybe I'm missing something, and, and no, I just hate them. However... <laughs> did you read Howard the Human? 
I did not pick up Howard the Human. It's freaking hysterical. <laughs> but it's also, it's, it's, it's Zdarsky, Scotty isn't it? It's uh, Scotty Young is the one that oh. wrote this one. <laughs> and oh, man. It is freaking hysterical. I loved it. The arts by um, Jim Mafood. And Perfect. A, I like the character more as a human because it fits. You get this person who really just doesn't give a rat's ass and who is has got a plan kind of thing. But then he lives in a world where everybody else is animals. So the cops are dogs and different key characters like the vulture is a vulture and uh, and Catwoman's in it and uh, or not Catwoman, uh, Black Cat and everybody else. It's just freaking hysterical. I loved it. And I, I again, it's one of those I can't believe I enjoyed this. Fisk mm. is in it. He's a 600 pound gorilla. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so it is actually if you like just insanity, just really stupid stuff, you have to check it out. And the oh. art is really, really well done. It, you you swear you're looking at somebody's nightmare. Oh, I need to check it out because I like Jim Food stuff and I love Scotty Young. I I picked this uh, Rocket Raccoon run oh. up, and uh, I've been a big fan. I like. I'm a sucker for Scotty Young variants. And I, I met him at a C2E2 once nice. and he's just the nicest of guys. Um, so I'll totally check this one. I'll check it. I'll check it out. What I discovered with Scotty Young, because everybody's a fan of his art, obviously right. anybody who isn't, there's something wrong with you. But what okay. I've come to appreciate is his writing chops. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. some of the stuff in that rocket raccoon run was like, holy crap, that was fantastic from a freaking rocket raccoon comic. And I just love the quirky style of his writing as well. And that's what you get here. Oh, I love that. And I can't, he's, he was the perfect match for rocket raccoon. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the comic ran its arc fine, whatever. I'm very much looking forward to his new book. I hate fairyland. Yes. Yes. So oh, those pictures he's been posting on Twitter are just hysterical. I've been showing my wife. She doesn't. She puts up with this. I mean, she reads Saga and she reads a couple of things I ask her to. She's like, I don't, I don't care. But I'm like, no. But see, she's like trapped in fairyland, so she hates it. It's wonderful. No. All right, what do you got next? All right, let's get this over with. I love Daredevil. Yeah, I think Daredevil is one of the greatest characters. Um, the Bendis Brubaker. Uh, I'm actually rereading rereading the Brubaker run right now. At, uh, while I read uh, Brew Baker's cap run, but um, Mark Wade's run has been just as good, if not better, on the whole than Bendis's run, better than Brew Baker's run. He doesn't keep this whole dour, always on the edge, ready to break Matt Murdock that is so popular with people to do. Um, that, that Shadowland story, I'm. I am loath to read it. I took a break from comics at that point in time, and I don't want to read Shadowlands. But Mark Wade, Chris Somney, Matt Wilson, their run just ended, gearing up for Charles Soule and, oh, what's that dude's name? I'm going to forget. I forgot his name, and I hate when I forget the artist's name. But Charles Soule is going to be doing it, and it's going to be an interesting post-Secret War run. But it's going to be... The whole thing was was just showcasing how Daredevil or Matt doesn't have to think at the same place. He will is more than willing to roll with punches, which was just oh phenomenal. I loved it, and I know like I'm the only one that likes Red Batman. There's got to be some other people that is out an there. Insult to Batman! You take that back right now. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. We've read because, actually what's funny is that just recently we had a couple of episodes where we talked about and where let's be honest, Vince forced me to read a bunch of different Daredevil arcs from different writers and whatnot that were the quote unquote popular ones. And some of them we both liked, and then some of them you're going, Oh God. And I find with Daredevil is at least for, for me, there's far too many instances where I just can't get behind the character and I just there's no emotional attachment whatsoever. I can appreciate the depth of writing in some of them. Like in some mm-hmm. of the stories where you see that he is just about ready to lose it, I can appreciate it if it's well done. And there's other stories where, you know, where even if it's just 
silly fun or or in team ups he tends to be fantastic because he is that straight mm-hmm. man to everybody else so him and spider-man is gold but oh, him and spider-man is perfect the, the did stu- you oh go ahead i'm sorry no no i was just gonna say the stuff with him solo again it's just because i can't there's no emotional attachment to the character i really often just don't care that said the netflix series holy crap that was oh isn't it yeah brilliant brilliant but yeah i don't know i just i the the series has got to be pretty damn impressive for me to actually say wow that was good yeah well the 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 series is the gold standard for the grittier comic book and they didn't get too you can go to the grim dark matt murdoch really easy which i find and i think a lot of other people will find boring after a while just because it's so been done but Frank Miller is the guy who's credited with a lot of great Batman and Daredevil stories. Mm-hmm. He wrote a lot of them at the same time. I, I just find that the the Somni... Here's an example of why the Wade Somni run is brilliant. There's a, an arc with the Purple Man. And the Purple Man is a ridiculous character. Um, he's going to be instrumental. He's played by David Tennant in the Jessica Jones show that's coming out. And who cares about the Purple Man? Bendis makes you afraid of the purple man and Mark Wade makes you terrified and hate this character and what he does and how he works. But there's a B storyline involving Matt's depression, which I find to be perfectly well done. Um, A lot of writers I find just don't get what mental illnesses are like. And they just, they take like uh, the, Oh, was I talked about this earlier, but they take the psychopathology courses and they're like, oh, now I know how to read the DSM four and I can do this stuff. And they're like, you know, a couple revisions behind and they don't grok it. Wade nails it and explains it perfectly. And the comic ends. There's the letter page. And then there's two more pages afterward after that tackling the depression run where it showcases how to be a partner to somebody who is suffering from mental illness, specifically depression, one of the most common ones. That alone, that one shot, actually it's a part of a three-story arc, but whatever. It's perfect. And my emotional connection has a lot to do with like, my dad was an Irish lawyer. He was not a ninja. My father was (laughs) far from a ninja. He wasn't a fighter? No. A bad boxer? Well, he was... my father had been removed from a number of drinking establishments <laughs> in Chicago. He would never tell me which, but I mean, this is, you know, I'm like, no, seriously, which one did you, I asked him once, which ones did you get kicked out of? And he said, I never. And then he paused and he wrote down the name of three different bars in the, in the city. So there's what my connection is. And that's why um, right. my connection is so strong that I will, I will suffer through um, stupid back. But what is it? Jack Batlin storylines and surgeries to restore his sight because, you know, it's always darkest before you get a good writer. So, yeah. Well, actually, I am interested to hear what Sewell's going to do with the the run as well because for the most part, we like his work. So, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Have you been reading Groot? No, but oh, I dude. need to be. You're reading Rocket Raccoon and you're not reading Groot. What the hell's the matter with you? I had to I had to cut money to save oh, yeah, another true. one of the lists I'm talking about. So okay. <laughs> it's Groot is fantastic. Groot is really, really good. And we've been talking about it primarily me. Although Vince is reading it too. I forced him mm-hmm. to read it. It's just so bloody good. And in kind of the same way that I'm enjoying Rocket Raccoon, it's just these fantastic stories that you would not have wouldn't have thought of because they're kind of the, what these characters are doing in between the large events. And especially if they're solo or whatnot, and yet they still tie into the relationship between these two characters because it's such a a powerful friendship. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Jeff uh, Loveness is doing this and Brian Kissinger is doing the art. (laughs) This was just, again, fantastic. Here you have Rocket being held up as a hostage and he sends a single to get, Groot to come and rescue him and he's expecting Groot to show up with the Guardians and he just shows up with this misfit bunch of characters that he's met along the way and picked up <laughs> and it's just fantastic it's hysterical it's fantastic and but you get that same sense of of wonder from the character that you got like say in the Guardians movie 
that a lot of people can relate to that if they're not reading the comics. Like there's mm-hmm. just this sense of wonder to the character and he's just this, this – he'd be a Buddha, a fat-bellied yeah. Buddha in real life kind of thing. And it's just this great story that was just a ton of fun to read. Absolutely love it. Someone put up a screen cap of one of the celestial powers talking to Groot about how awful the universe was. Yep. And there's little like captions from iconic stories like the death of Gwen Stacy. Um, that's the one I remember most. But the- then Groot says, I am Groot. And then there's just captions of some of the coolest stuff in Marvel history, which also like balanced it out. And I thought that's a book I need to give a child. I, I need to try out. But oh, it's- I've been a. Uh, it's it's more than yeah. that. Like this goes right <laughs> towards what we were just talking about. And this is just to go back. We've we've talked about this too. I I love how they're doing that. Putting the I am Groot with the images behind so that it's the translation of what he is saying actually, which is brilliant. And when he's saying Groot, and, and it's just that, like you're talking about there's there's the civil war, you're seeing Cap against Iron Man. Uh, Gwen Stacy, um, Jean Grey going full on destroy the world and, and everything else. And then he's showing the Ms. Marvel. He's showing the new Captain America, mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four family, Miles Morales, the gay wedding, the female Thor, all of these things. And the, um, uh, the thing, his blind girlfriend, I can't remember what her name Alicia is. Alicia Masters. Yeah. Oh, my God. So there's all of these things where you're like... These are what we've been calling for in comics. This is exactly what we were just talking about at the start of the show. And here is a writer who gets it. And mm-hmm. I love that. It was brilliant. Well, I will I will go talk to my dealer, Tom, and see if I can get some back <laughs> issues. I, I'll drop. I'll it, find something to drop. It's worth it. It's worth it. All right. What do you got next? Let's see. You know, I gave you this list of eight, and the, there's no order to them, none at all. But I'll go with um because I'm rereading it and because it's super complicated. And there's been a whole bunch of bond infra, uh, bond leakage as you get ready for Spectre coming out. I want to talk about Velvet. Um, Brubaker, Epting, Barrett Weiser, uh, the team that have brought you, like, well, they're working on the fade out and criminal and... Um, Something else. Oh, my goodness. I'm totally blanking on the other one they work on. But Velvet is a 1970s Cold War spy book. So it's right up uh, right up Brubaker's alley, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's basically like many penny as Bond. And you go from there. And it's been... There's like one one conceit to weird technology that they use her her, her Kevlar suit... But that's it. Everything else has just been like her versus the world, and I'm in love with Velvet. It's just been a great ride. Let me ask you this. Did it get better? Because I read the first issue, and I didn't have a problem with it at all. Mm -hmm. It was well-written. I could see that. And I like gritty detective stories, and I certainly don't have a problem with a a woman in the lead character role. Mm -hmm. But I still didn't find that it was gripping enough to hold me to keep buying more issues did it get a lot better from there i think the the first three issues it's finding its footing but then by the end of the first arc uh there's a couple stuff that's been tied off there's a couple new threads that are being woven in so yeah i think it got a lot better but again like my bar was pretty low because i was trying to pick up books of one people who I knew, but of characters that I didn't. And uh, I needed a thriller. I just needed a really good, you know, get my hands into something type of thriller. And I think that it picked up its pace. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Have you been reading any of the new Star Wars series? Oh, my God. I've read a... (laughs) I think think there's... I'm trying to think there's one that I did not get. Um. But I was, I'm picking up Aaron's Star Wars. I was picking up Princess Leia. I'm picking up Lando. I'm picking up uh, Vader. Uh, Vader Darth assume. Vader. Of course, I'm picking up Darth Vader. Vader is the best one. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, Vader is the best one. Though that's not the one I was going to talk about. So did you actually read through the Landos? Oh, yes, I did. Charles Soule is on my list of people. I I need to know how he's going to handle 
Daredevil, so I've been picking up almost everything else he's done just to get a feel. Okay, that's yeah. wrong. That, that, you're taking your fandom for, for Daredevil a little far when nope. you're picking up other comics Look, just because it's the same writer. Well, oh, that's, I mean, it's, it's you know. You didn't say that's one of the reasons. You you said that's why you're picking it that's up. That's pretty much, you're, you're right, you're right. That's sad. But, you know, it's been a good experiment <laughs> and I enjoy it. So Yeah, the Lando series is, in my opinion, the second best. It's been fantastic and he nails lando perfectly like oh yeah you would think after stealing palpatine's ship and escaping he'd kind of cool off maybe get rid of it but if you know the character no 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 nope. no no and this has just been great and the way he's interacting with his team as well because that's one of the things that's making the vader series so good it's not even vader it's his freaking team that's awesome and it's like right he took a page from that and now you got lando's team that is shaping up pretty damn good so Mm -hmm. this has just been a ton of fun and now that you got the bounty hunter on their their tail (laughs) who's decapitated the robot just in case i love that (laughs) right which was brilliant it was also very smart yeah uh Alex Maleev is one of my favorite artists and uh, I need to pick up Scarlet because I just loved the way he's been doing every book he's picked up. I've loved, um, including his Hellboy, like the Hellboy run. So I'm just, I'm totally loving Lando. What I love about the art is that in some of the other ones, and and we see that whenever it's a, a franchise IP kind of thing where the artists try their best to make the characters look like who they actually are. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, a lot of times they fail. Mm -hmm. He nails it. And not only does he nail it, but he does so with his own style. Right. Which is, which is what it needs to do. Exactly. It's you, you, you're not looking at this and thinking, Oh, I recall that screen cap that he must've taken from the movie to make it look like this. No, this looks like he's just drawing it. And it's freaking beautiful. Like you said, it's, yeah, I'm loving every minute of the Lando book. It's just, yeah. yeah. All right, what do you got next? Okay, I'm going to deviate from the list real quick uh, because you talked about Groot, and we've talked about this on our show, and I'm going to bring it home. Thor's, the, the battle world title, that needs to continue. There needs to be buddy cop Thor books going on post-Secret War um, because you got Groot as a Thor, yeah. which I think is perfect. I don't know how they make the destroyer a Thor, but whatever. Um, just the the Thor's book is police uh, detective procedural with Thor, and I don't know. Frog Thor is your forensic scientist. I'm totally down with it. Um, it's coming to an end. The mystery behind who's killing all of these other Thors has been revealed and who's been murdering all these other very important characters has been revealed. The motive isn't clear yet, although I think I know why. And it's been a, a slow burn, but there's some really good stuff with it. Um, everything from Thor, the unworthy to ultimate Thor. And uh, uh, just, I'm sorry, you get a panel where Groot says, I am Thor. I'm, I'm sold. I think that's actually a fun <laughs> thing. So, and it's 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 a oh and Loki's got of course there's a Loki in there, so very excited about where this is where this is going and how it's going to tie into the rest of the book, because I mean Aaron's got the exclusive with Marvel now, so he's part of their team. So this is going to be what happens here will probably have some sort of an effect on the rest of the Battle World books. See, I I have not hidden my hatred of this event. That has really tainted my opinion of so many of these spinoffs. Like, I really Mm. hate it. And we talked about this one, the first issue when it came out. And the other thing is, I'm not a Thor fan. I really am not a Thor fan. I've Mm -hmm. read some stories that aren't bad, but I'm really not. Vince, however, would tattoo him on his chest, I'm certain. But, Mm -hmm. uh, But this one was brilliant. And it is because of that detective aspect to it and then when you toss in the little guest appearances like Groot kind of thing that is cool even as someone who's not a fan of Thor I'm, I read this and go okay that's damn funny that that's really cool and justifiably when they're doing the detective work even though they're Thors 
it comes off more authentic than in so many other comics where they do detective work and you're going, well, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> and here right. we have freaking frog Thor and all the Thors. And you go, I believe this, this, this makes perfect sense. I know that's, the, I mean, I think <laughs> it reminds me of like early powers, how Bendis and Oming were doing all that detective work in the yeah. interrogation scenes, but it's, um, Oming was doing the little panel. Like I'm still remembering. I think it was like, was it who killed retro girl where they're just going through the panels and like, you know, it was the last time you saw her and it was just snapshots, which is an yeah. interesting way to do it. But the way that the artist is doing it on this was way better. Um, I think. Yeah. So have you been reading, um, silk? I stopped reading silk. Okay. I could not get behind silk. What's funny is that pre silk series was so much better than the after which isn't to say it's been bad. I mm-hmm. love the character and I think that she has a ton of potential. And yet again, looking at somebody who's not just a white male kind of thing, we've got a minority who's a woman and mm-hmm. I like the backstory as well. I just feel that the story hasn't been strong enough, not as strong as what, again, we saw going on before. So with Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. but this is much like a lot of the other series now wrapping up because worlds are colliding. So this was just her trying to get to her brother who's rumored to be now a drug dealer kind of thing. And she doesn't believe it, but she'd been away from the family for so long. So it's a try to find him before the world ends. It was actually a good episode or issue, not wholly original. And we've seen, Spidey do the same thing in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, eh, he could have been a little bit more original, but it was still good. But I'm really hoping, like you're saying with Thor, I'm hoping that they stick with this character still, just put it in the hands of another writer and, and artist. I got to say, I, I'm not, I'm, again, Vince has enjoyed the art style a lot more in this than I have, but I think put in the right hands, the character has the potential to really, bring a lot to the Marvel universe, like a, a lot. I would agree. I I do. I love the idea of silk. I know a lot of people had a problem from the original sin, you know, how like, you know, the, you know, Peter wasn't the only person bitten by the spider, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I think that's fine. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. I thought slots conceptualization and working with this particular spider character was great. But the first book was just like, it just didn't click. Yeah. It was like, you know, it just it just didn't click. Like it's it it feels to me like the art the author was still trying to get their hands around who Silk was, and I ain't got time for that. Well, um, it, yeah, it, it disappointed me to no end as well. Uh, like it, it, there were some moments that were good, but there were so many moments where you're going, God damn it! Like this is yeah. The, what I hate about this, and it's a hell of an insult to Robbie Thompson who wrote this, but. If you're going to try something with, uh, again, whether it's a minority or a woman or regardless of sexual orientation kind of thing, and you're trying something because the fans are clamoring for it, then don't put it in the hands of an untrusted writer who then when they screw up, the editors can go, oh, see, we tried. Nobody liked it. Nobody bought it. So stop telling us to do this. No, Put it in the hands of somebody who is not just competent, but damn good so that it can shine. Look at what happened with Ms. Marvel and all these other things that can happen here, but they didn't allow it to. And the same thing for me was with Spider-Gwen because Mm -hmm. in Spider-Verse, Spider-Gwen was phenomenal. And then the series came out and you're going, really? Like this is not good. I'm sorry. There's elements that were good, but overall it was... It was a train wreck. And both of those characters, Silk and Spider-Gwen, again, we need more of these characters. The fans enjoy them, especially Spider-Gwen. Put them in good hands and let a good creative team run with it. Yeah, I, w- I had the same feeling about Spider-Gwen. Like Jason Latour's work, I'm not super familiar with it, but it just didn't grab me. It just felt yeah. like you dropped the ball. Like Big time. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Dan Slott as being one of the great Oh, yeah. Spidey yeah. writers, right? Yeah. So he he gets it and he grocks it and he passes it off and people are like I don't I don't know what to do. This isn't Spider Man. This is a this is a chick. Like come on, there's so much to do with with oh, yeah. both Silk with Spider Gwen. 
And but the fact is, I think Marvel's committing to it. Like they committed to uh, the Carol Danvers series, like the, the first run of Kelly Sue's arcs. The the numbers weren't selling, but they just they kept going and they kept doing it. And they kept doing it, and I. I don't know. I think they're going to keep doing it. I think they, they're going to have to because the fans are, they're actually buying it. And maybe it's not, the, it's not perfect, but it's, it's pushing in the right direction, but they just need to get it to the right creative team. So, yeah. All right. What else you got? Well, you brought her up, so I'm going to have to talk about her. I think Ms. Marvel has been my breakout comic book of what the past 16 months. I just, I love it. I love everything about it from the artwork to the little, um, the, the, the stuff that Anna does on the side uh, with, you know, cause there's always something, there's always something in one of the panels that's like eye popping and like, what is like, just maybe even just like um, the name of a brand of cereal in one of the stores. Right. Uh, I just love the, the, the art, the writing, the team ups, uh, how the ending of it, how the universe ended with her, from like so, the, you know where she goes. I don't know. Are you following it? I'm actually two issues behind, I believe, right now. And I won't. I won't bring it up. No, no, that's right. No, panel- no, that's, no, no, that's right. Go ahead. Okay, so there's a panel where you know Kamala's like flipping out because she's hanging out with with Carol, and they're saving. They're trying to save the universe. They're trying to at least save everybody in Jersey City. And they get into this house where they're looking for her brother, and it's some. It's like a crazy cat person, and they put down food and water and toys <laughs> and that's it and that's when kamala it hits and you're first like that's all oh, that's adorable and then she's like and then it hits me i can't save them all yeah i can't take these kittens in to fight with me yeah. and that's when she breaks down and that's when carol's like you've got to do what's right you can't push yourself and break yourself because then you fail everybody so it got it was really powerful and the whole storyline has been great. And she's the face of the inhumans way better than black bolt is. I like black bolt. I like the old school Inhumans, but Kamala makes them definitely more relatable. So she's, the, she's just such a fantastic character. Like it's, it's something that you look at the character and from like a writer's perspective and you're going, man, I could have fun with that. Like that's a mm-hmm. character that is, so relatable on so many levels and yet has her own quirks and everything else. And what she's also been has been our, our eyes. She's been, we've been seeing the heroes through her eyes because she is us. She's just this normal kid at heart. And so when she's having those team ups, and she's wigging out because she's having a team up with Wolverine kind of thing. You go, oh, that was so great. Oh, my God. Or the Spider-Man <laughs> one and all of these things. And you're like, yeah, like you can you don't have this disassociation with her as you do with a lot of other superheroes, quote unquote, because they're so unrelatable to us. She she is relatable. And that, I think, is one of her greatest strengths, actually. Yeah, I we've been saying that she feels to us like she's 21st century spy the, the 21st century Spider-Man, right? She's going to yeah. be the every woman in the universe in the Marvel universe as long as I mean cuz I think Mark Wade, I mean Mark Wade is writing her in the all new all different Avengers. Um so it won't just be G Willow writing her from now on out. And I've got a ton of faith in this project to keep going. I just I'm very excited about it. Oh, there's no doubt it's going to keep going. There's no way yeah. in hell they can stop this. No. Oh God, there'd be a mutiny. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, they could they could give the writing uh, duties to Rick Remender and then watch it just fall apart. Um, I don't I don't care for Rick Remender. Oh really? I there's some oh, yeah. stuff of Reminders that I really like, and there's some stuff that kind of like eh, this could be a little bit different, a little bit better. But for the most part, we actually like Reminder. We uh, if we got time for it, we could talk about Cap, his Cap run, and the his first arc with. Uh, Sam Wilson. I haven't been reading Cap. I've read a couple of them, but not too many. But Cap has not been one of my favorite characters either. So I I like Cap in other stories when he's with other people. Cap solo, mm -hmm. not so much. Uh, You know how you are teasing Vince about getting Thor tattoos? I've got a Captain America tattoo on my arm. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
<laughs> and the only reason why there's no Daredevil tattoo is because I don't know how to do it right. Although Declan Shalvey's got this really great red ink one that I could probably do. Okay, we're going to need a, different a screenshot time. A of time. the cap tattoo. Yeah. I, I need it's, to see this. I got a buddy who has a Spider-Man tattoo in his arm. And he got it done at the same time as I got my first tattoo. We were quite young. We were 22 at the time. And I'd gotten one with my wife. And then he got one himself and he got a spider-man but what's funny is that the manner in which spider-man is on the arm when Uh he's wearing a t-shirt all you see is the fingertips (laughs) because he's like upside down (laughs) so all you see is these spidey fingers from underneath his t-shirt is hysterical (laughs) well mine's the shield uh with uh laurel leaves around it but it's on my bicep so the kids that i work with saw it one day and they flipped out so that's cool that's cool yeah Uh, you could get yourself a nice little scotty young daredevil that would I thought be about awesome. That. Get one with Daredevil punching, like on the ground, has got Batman by the throat and is punching him in the face. No, <laughs> no. Because <laughs> someone's going to see that and be like, oh, why is Red Batman beating up real Batman? <laughs> it's like, well, okay, guy. All right. You've been reading uh, Civil War? I have been reading uh, the Civil, the Charles Soule Civil War title in, in Secret War. Yeah, that's... Yes, I have been. Oh, of course, because it's Charles Soule. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this has actually been really good. Really Mm -hmm. freaking good. Um, I like the ties to the the original. I like all of the stuff that they're doing that's different, obviously. I... the, The... it. A lot of the stuff that they've been doing with these battle worlds, I haven't liked it because it's just so goddamn stupid. Like, just Mm -hmm. ridiculous concepts. And you're going like, Deadpool versus Thanos. You're going, come on. Like, it's just bad. Like, I've been reading Finishing Off, despite the fact that it's Greg Land finishing off Future Imperfect. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad that shit's done. But it's like, yeah, read it. Okay, now I know what happened, but it's not necessarily that I enjoyed it. But this has been enjoyable. This has been like beginning to end. This is one of the few series that I look at and think, I would like this not to end. Some Mm -hmm. way, somehow, this universe continues going so that we can continue getting these stories. Because I care about these characters. I believe everything that's happening. And I I want so much more. Oh, I agree. I I love how... It just feels right where everybody broke down, including what side of the Civil War Bucky lands on, which, I mean, you look at that, you're like, what is going on here? But that makes... Exactly. It makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. When they brought Speedball at the end, and again, that's a tie to the original Civil mm-hmm. War. Like, a lot of people would go, who the hell is that? And have to wiki look it up. Speedball, right. But if you know... What prompted Civil War, the original, and then you get this call back to it, and you're like, holy crap, this is freaking awesome. And they're so, called the Punishers. I just think, you know, yeah. there's something that that also echoes how uh, Brubaker was doing the Winter Soldier arc with, you know, Steve stands for what's good and right, and sometimes you need Bucky to go slit that sentry's throat. So, and that, what else is the Punisher for? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm big fan of of civil war and i also like lenil use art i've got um oh, a couple oh, of his variants yeah. his his captain marvel variant is uh in is going to be displayed prominently in the finished version of my basement or comic book room whatever i'm allowed to have for my <laughs> wife well yeah the art is spectacular all right one each more and then we'll we'll call it a wrap what you got last one each more all right um, the one book I'm really digging, which I didn't expect to as much, was 1872. Dude, I have them and I haven't read it. So it's Jerry. I'm pretty sure it's Jerry Duggan, but it's, you know, the Marvel Universe in 1872. And this is where we're going to get Red Wolf. And I wanted to see what we're doing with uh, Native American or First Nations people uh, in Marvel Comics because we don't have any right now and uh red wolf the last time i read him i was like 16 picking up my nomads like a good little 90s kid uh uh such a disappointment to my parents but still 
I think 1872 has got this really interesting story. Um, Captain America as the sheriff. You got Tony Stark as the drunk inventor. Ben Urich. How can you not want a comic with Ben Urich in it? Um, which I could I could be talking about. Uh, uh, what's the other one that he's in? Oh, my God. I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, Renew Your Vows. He's also Ben Yurick is also. Oh, ben, oh yeah. Yeah. He's been fantastic in that. Yeah, and he's just great. He's going to start writing the truth, and everybody's in it, and they're all depowered, and they're all struggling against the Roxxon Corporation. It's like, it's it's basically feels like Dark Avengers meets Deadwood. So if you got that as your elevator pitch, and Jerry Duggan can't, you know, does more than just you know Deadpool. He's really good, and I've been enjoying every aspect of this book as well, and I'm very excited to see. We just had some major twists, and I'm very anxious to see how it all ends. Cool. Yeah. Like I said, I've got them. I just got to get around to reading them. Good to hear that yeah. they're, they're good. It's good. It's good. I, highly, I recommend it. You've been reading uh, Spider Island? I did not read Spider Island, either as the, the event or really? as... Uh, is it a... Oh, it is, it is a battle world. Yeah. The, the Well, this is what if the Queen had won. Essentially, New York got changed over, and then it's just the fight to try to free people and, and whatnot. But I'm I'm surprised you didn't read the event. The event, if you're a fan of Spider Man, is pretty much required reading. Oh, it's <laughs> and, on my list. It's on my <laughs> list of things to read. Don't worry. It's just I took a break uh because of grad school and now that I'm not in grad school anymore, I'm reading as many comics as oh, I can. Yeah. So it's on my list. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. So this is cool because you've got like in order to change them from insects, they use the uh Connor's formula and change them into like other creatures, anthropomorphic creatures. So like caps, this giant werewolf and the Hulk's this giant lizard and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And as Carol Danvers is a, 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 a vampire, it's just freaking awesome. And this is not necessarily what well, actually I think it is the actual conclusion. There is there one more after this? I don't know. Let me check. But like they're all trapped and basically the queen's found out where they are and she's sending all of the powered people that she changed over. And yeah, there is gonna be at least one more issue. And nice. this has just been a hell of a fun run. And we get a Tony Stark moment that I know for a fact Vince read this and went, Oh, awesome. Because <laughs> he was looking forward to this and it paid off beautifully. So it is a fun read. I will totally check this one out. All right. It it did it hasn't made my my threshold uh, budget cut yet, but I'll take it. I'll totally well, check it out. it's not the best to to spend your money on if you're watching your money, but if you have a few bucks to spare to read it, it's damn good. Or eventually it'll work its way into the Marvel yeah. app kind of thing, and then you can read it. But we should uh, be seeing um Starting next month, we should start seeing some of the Battle World titles come out on Marvel Unlimited, yeah. which I'd be very excited to do. Yeah, definitely. All right, so the releases for this week on the Marvel side, we've got A-Force number four, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number five, Civil War number four, Darth Vader number nine, Giant Size Little Marvel AVX number four, which, are you reading that? Oh, totally. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> It's so much fun. <laughs> Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Shattered Empire, number one of four, Ms. Marvel, number 18, Planet Hulk, number five, Secret Wars 2099, number five, True Believers, Black Widow, number one, and Ms. Marvel, number one. And that's basically, they're doing a month-long event, well, not event, but whatever, to celebrate some of the powerful women characters that they have. So they're re-releasing number ones, and they're just a buck. So for people who have not read these number ones, cannot urge you enough to pick them up. Black Widow oh, it's totally is worth every penny. brilliant. Black Widow is fantastic. We've already preached about Ms. Marvel enough. Black Widow is phenomenal. And people who were so disappointed with the second Avengers, trust me, read this series. She's written perfectly. On the DC side, we've got Batman number 44, Gotham Academy number 10, and a new Harley Quinn road trip special number one. I have no idea if it's good or not, but hey. Harley Quinn. Image, we've got Bish Planet number five, which continues to be, I believe, one of the most important comic books that's out right now. Amen. Amen. Faster Than Light number one, which is a nice little sci-fi story. It looks like it might be fun. Headlopper number one, which is going over to the Image site to be reprinted. Walking Dead number 146, which still not reading it, hoping that it's 
Are you actually reading it right now? I'm not reading it. I'm glad that it's there because it pays for stuff like Headlopper and Bitch Planet. So yeah. they cut they, their printing costs down. But I don't I don't care. I, I haven't read it since the early 100s. And, but Vince was saying he heard that it's getting better. Actually, I might have to check it out again. And then The Wicked and the Divine, number 14. IDW oh, has man. got a uh, fairly strong week as well. Atomic Robo and The Ring of Fire, number one, which the cover is the one where it's a spoof on, um, on uh, Days of Future Pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max Maximize number 23, Sherlock Holmes and the 7% Solution number two. We're going to be doing some talking about Sherlock Holmes next week because oh, I really enjoy the first one of this. And then I really have been enjoying the Star Trek Green Lantern stuff as well. So that's both from IDW. And then the X-Files season number 11, number two as well. And then from Dark Horse, we've got the number one of that Mirror's Edge tie-in, which is a game. And it's uh, this is going to be the first one tying into the the remake of the, the game. I don't know if you are excited for that game at all or... No, it no. didn't. The I mean, first one was terrible, but this is the reboot where there's like tons of story behind it. And okay. so, yeah, look into it at least because, again, we're talking about strong minority female characters and that's what she is with a hell of an interesting backstory by the look of it. And that's what we're going to get in this. Cool. I'll check it out. So once again, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. This was just an absolutely fantastic episode. Really. Roger, it was my pleasure. You ever fire, you ever want to fire anybody and bring me on board as a scab? I'll totally help out. So Vince, you hear that? <laughs> you just made it easy. <laughs> So, yes, make sure to check out his podcast, which is All Comics Considered. Excellent, excellent podcast. And they can find you on Twitter at? At Officer Gleason. There you go. Make sure, listen to the podcast, especially that last episode. We need more people talking about it. You can find the show notes at comicbookinformer.com. You can also find us on Stitcher and iTunes, as well as on Twitter at CB Informer. And with that, we'll talk to you guys next week when Vince is back. And we're going to talk about really horrible, horrible stuff later in the evenings with a couple of drinks. So it should be a really fun episode. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm making him watch Fantastic Four. Oh, that is some cruel, cruel shit. That's awful. Yeah, so you need to drink while watching it, and you need to drink while talking about it. That's our plan for Man of Steel. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.